Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. in the U.S. and China for the much-awaited signing of Phase 1's trade deal. But as Joel Caballero tells us, the agreement does not include a rollback of tariffs. The countdown to the signing of a Phase 1 trade deal between the U.S. and China begins. The two countries are due to sign that agreement Wednesday as they try to put an end to their 18-month trade dispute. In that deal, Beijing vowed to purchase more American agricultural products in exchange for some tariff cuts. On top of that, China also pledged to buy an additional 80 billion U.S. dollars worth of manufactured goods from the U.S. But U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin says no tariffs will be rolled back. These tariffs will stay in place until there's a phase two. If the president gets a phase two quickly, he'll consider releasing tariffs as part of phase two. If not, there won't be any tariff relief. Washington assures Beijing of its commitment to implement the phase one deal. This is an enormous achievement for the president and the economic team. Uh, this is the first time we'll have a fully binding agreement with China with structural changes, technology protection, and an additional 200 billion of purchases. China's trade delegation, led by Chief Negotiator Vice Premier Liu He, has been in Washington since Monday for the completion of the agreement. They recently met with International Monetary Fund Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva and some business leaders. During that meeting, the IMF reiterated its warning about the negative effects of the U.S.-China trade dispute on the world economy. Craig Allen, president of the United States-China Business Council, says the signing of the Phase 1 trade deal is a substantial step forward for the two economic giants. The agreement will not be full, it will not be perfect, uh, but it is a substantial step forward and it addresses some of the major concerns of American companies. Our two economies are really very tightly integrated, synergistic and interdependent. That's a good thing. It's a good thing because it ensures the peace and it allows uh, both countries to play to their economic strengths. The trade row between Washington and Beijing has been blamed for slowing global growth, disrupting supply chains and slashing profits of American farmers. While the deal is not expected to eliminate hundreds of billions of dollars in tariffs, it is seen to mark a new phase of cooperation between the two countries. Joel Caballero, ABS-CBN News. Mnuchin's tariff comments also dampen market sentiment here in Asia, including the Philippines. And as Michelle Long reports, Moody's negative credit outlook for Asia-Pacific zapped any further optimism in the region. Asian markets pulled back on Wednesday. The risk rally fading on news, U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods will stay until a phase two trade deal is in the bag. Well, here's another bad news for the market. Credit ratings agency Moody's giving Asia Pacific a negative sovereign credit outlook. Moody says the impact of the trade tensions is spreading beyond just exports to business investment, which risks slowing growth and making it harder for Asia-Pacific governments to address long-standing fiscal, liquidity and demographic challenges in the region. 
Regina Capital says this could trigger another selling by foreign funds, not just out of the Philippines, but out of Asia-Pacific and into other markets like the U.S. Market sentiment uh, since the start of the year has actually been relatively bearish. Uh, there were a lot of fundam negative fundamentals already um, hammering down the market. So you had the eruption, you had the, the um, tensions between U.S. and Iran. And um, amidst that, the index has been trading sideways. Uh, there were no uh, significant downward movements. Um, it just maintained a range between around 7,620, that's the nearest support level, and um, a resistance at, seven, eight, at around um, 7,890. So we're seeing that regardless of the negative news, the local market could just actually be able to maintain a sideways consolidation for the next three to four weeks. Philippine shares slumped with the index tumbling 1.7 percent or 129 points to settle at 76.64. The last time the PSEI was at the 7600 level was back in December last year. In the near term, uh, given, uh, given the recent uh, events and likewise I think some concerns uh, of foreign investors on uh, what's happening on the regulatory side, this market will probably be uh, trading range bound. Now, uh, that could change, assuming that you know we, we see a meaningful pickup. But it would probably have to be uh, you know the market going above 7,900 for uh, a meaningful rally to uh, persist. Nervais adds domestically a resolution of regulatory issues in the water sector and decent fourth quarter earnings should help the market snap out of the band. Fourth quarter earnings season kicks off later this month. As for the peso, after hitting two-year highs on Tuesday, the currency weakened ahead of the release of November remittances data. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Cash remittances from overseas Filipinos rose in November 2019. The Philippine Central Bank reports the inflow of money from overseas Filipino workers was up by 2% to $2.4 billion from $2.3 billion in the same period in 2018. Cash remittances for the period of January to November 2019 rose 4.4% to $27 billion. Personal remittances, meanwhile, totaled $2.6 billion, also up by 2% year-on-year. The U.S. registered the highest share of total remittances, followed by Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Japan, and the United Arab Emirates. Some 500,000 people in the Philippine province of Batangas have been displaced following the Taal volcano eruption. Our correspondent Ron Gagalak is monitoring the developments there and joins us now live for an update. So what more can you tell us, Ron? Kati, I am uh, standing here at the moment at the provincial capital of the province of Batangas, which is south of Metro Manila. And as you can see, there are still a lot of them that are displaced at the moment. Um, according to uh, Batangas Governor Hermilendo Mandanas, there are about 500,000 residents uh, are now displaced in the, in the province of Batangas alone. 100,000 of which, Kasi, are now in different uh, evacuation centers. Where we're standing at right now is just one of the 200 evacuation centers that are set up for um, the residents who were displaced from the eruption of Taal Volcano. The others went to, the, to their relatives within this province or outside of Batangas. 12 towns and cities are now considered to be danger zones and authorities are preventing um, the residents to go back to their houses for the meantime as the Al Volcano may erupt at any given time. Each town 
has an average population of about 50,000 each and most if not all of the residents have already evacuated according to Governor Mandanas. There is no problem with food and water at the moment. They have been receiving a lot of help um, as far as uh, uh, northern Luzon and all the way down south in Mindanao. Um, the only problem really, Kathy, is the slipping condition. You see, um, they have small mats uh, that they will have to share together for the entire family and it's a very thin mat that they have to, to abide by uh, 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 splitting themselves with a cold floor that they have to suffer the whole night. The governor is also concerned on how to ease the pain and the trauma of his constituents, especially those in the evacuation centers. That's why the local government hopes that more volunteers will come to provide some kind of psychosocial activities for those who are affected, especially children, to help them cope up with the difficulties they are going through. And that's the latest that we have here from Batanga City. Back are, are to you, Are there Kathy. more evacuees expected? And how was the local government there uh, expected to, to handle the influx of the new arrivals? Well, they are expecting a lot more to come. Um, out of the 12 uh, uh, towns here in Batangas that were considered to be in danger zones, at least about half of them or six of them are now virtually ghost town, meaning to say there are no more people on those six towns. But the other six towns that were also considered to be um, danger zones, slowly but surely they are evacuating these residents. Some of them are going outside the Batangas, going to their relatives. Some they have to squeeze in through the 200 evacuation centers here in Batangas. There were also uh, a lot of evacuation centers that had been set up in Cavite, particularly in Tagaytay City. And we have heard that more evacuation centers are now being set up in Laguna and in the province of Quezon to accommodate uh, at least 100,000 more or even more um, evacuees that will be coming in the next um, few days. Kathy. All right, looks like work in progress for the local government units. Thank you so much for the update and do take care. Ron Gagalak live from Batangas. The Philippines tourism industry is seen to overcome the impact of the Al Volcano's eruption. As Dino Ponte Orig tells us, the Calabarzon region may just experience a minor shift in its tourism landscape moving forward. The Philippine Tourism Department admits it expects the Taal eruption to cause a temporary setback to one of the strongest tourism regions in the country, the Cavite Laguna Batangas Rizal Quezon region or Calabarzon. Hotels and businesses in Tagaytay City, for one, remain closed as cleanup operations get underway. But the DOT is hopeful things will return to normal in time for the summer season. In 2018, the whole region recorded around 7.5 million overnight visitors, but the uh, bulk of that would be domestic uh, visitors, uh, and 65% would be coming uh, from Metro Manila mm -hmm. and the rest and from other parts of the Philippines. Uh, in 2019, the first three quarters, we already recorded around 6.9 million um, overnight visitors. And out of that, um, in 2019, in Tagaytay City, around 1.1 million actually stayed overnight in our hotels and resorts there. In 2019, tourism receipts for Tagaytay alone are estimated at 1 billion pesos or over $19 million. But the agency is confident the Philippines will hit or at least come close to its 2019 annual tourism arrival target of 8.2 million. This year, the goal is to have some 9.2 million 
in tourist arrivals. A travel agency also believes tourism activities in the region will not die down. Eileen Clemente of Raja Travel Corporation instead sees a minor shift to the Calabarzon area's tourism landscape. There's also different types of tourism. Um, there's what you call the leisure tourism, which I doubt that we will have in the near future immediately thereafter. But you can also start your CSR tourism, meaning how can people help at this point in time? So you're still bringing them in to help out. Or maybe research tourism is another one where we have a unique activity happening in the area. So how do you bring them in? Where do you take them and so on? The same optimistic sentiment goes for the Philippine economy in general. Fitch Ratings' Tama Febrian believes while the real estate sector might take a hit, this won't affect growth on a national scale. BPI Securities' Hajj Narvaez also sees Tal's economic and inflationary impact as fairly manageable. I think that there, there could be some little, some dent um, probably in the, in the property market and um, as well as uh, something that will impact the business operations around around the region itself. I think if there is any impact right now, it would, you know, at a, at a broader level, not to, this, to, to that extent, you know, probably in the local um, area, but not, not so much on a national level. I've heard some property companies uh, talk about some wall closures, but it seems pretty uh, isolated. Uh, so for now, I, I would say the impact is uh, not as uh, not that uh, significant uh, at the moment. Manila's economic managers themselves have downplayed the possible effects of the Taal eruption on the country's growth, saying the Philippines is financially prepared to handle any fallout and damage from the volcanic activity. Dino Pontierig, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.